ESPN AM 710 Los Angeles. KRDC AM 1110 Pasadena, Los Angeles. 710 ESPN. A good karma brand's radio station. 710 ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And we're getting you set tonight with all the wagering and fantasy information you need for the NBA, MLB, golf. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. And how about a little baseball? Yankees got spanked today yeah. by the Mariners. That makes Tyler happy. Yes. Um, 10 to 2. Did you pick up Woo on your fantasy baseball team no, too? No, my pitching is too stacked. I didn't have room for him. Mm. You know, he took a no-no into like the fifth inning. Yeah, he's impressive. He is. I just don't I, did, I didn't like I like I said it out loud and then I was just like, "Ooh, should I have said it? Did I jinx him?" And I'm like, "Who heard me? My dogs?" <laughs> so, so stupid. Yeah. Uh, Braves, they take care of the Phillies. Uh, it's all they do. Those Braves is win, win, win. Diamondbacks take another one. They're 46 and 30 on the season. Who said over 20, 74 and a half wins before the season began? We got to get you a that, little Tyler? horn so that we, you can toot it every week when you toot your horn. Yeah, this you chick horn. right here. Twins took care of the Red Sox. 6-0. Guardians over the Athletics. Padres 10-0 against the Giants. How about Joe Ryan? Stay classy, San Diego. How about Joe Ryan Who? from Minnesota? You know they got you know Minnesota got Joe Ryan from the Rays for a Nelson Cruz two month rental. Did you know that? No. He's eight and four with a two nine eight ERA. He is an animal. Wow. And uh, the Marlins take care of the Pirates. Uh, that was uh, one of my plays on Daily Wager earlier tonight. If you tuned in, ESPN two six to seven p.m. Eastern time. Um, so that was a winner, and my best bet was. Uh, was Garrett over five and a half strikeouts? Mm, he, had thir- he had thirteen. He had thirteen. So good. Oh, you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing a victory lap tomorrow him, on Daily Wager. I Wages. did I did pick him up for my fantasy team. So there you go. Uh, as I said, I, I so again I, I host a uh, a digital show called Bet. Uh, how appropriate this is Bet LA and uh, PJ Carlissimo joined me on the program uh, to talk about and and, and let me rewind. Uh, PJ, he, he was a part of uh, Popovich and in the Spurs coaching staff for quite a while. He knows Pop better than anyone else. So I thought it'd be great to have him on to talk about Wimby, who went number one overall tonight to the Spurs, and what we can anticipate with him in this coming season in San Antonio. Let's listen in. All right, PJ, great to have you on Bet. Let's dive right into it. You spent several years with Greg Popovich in San Antonio. You know this man better than anyone. So, you know, how do you foresee him using Wimby, uh, both on the court and, and from a load management perspective? How do you think they're envisioning using Wimby in his first year in the NBA? I, I don't think he has too many preconceived notions right now, Anita. I think that... Uh, Frankly, with any rookie, you just you don't know what to expect. And I think, especially uh, with Victor, I think it's going to be a learning process, a, a good learning process. But I mean, it'll be a question of like how how much of a focal point of the offense will will he be? He's an excellent shooter. Uh, the two things that the people at the Spurs have repeated uh, to me time after time, and I've not seen him in person, they say he's got a beautiful stroke probably needs work on his shot selection because again he was pretty much the whole thing for the Mets so he had to you know force a lot of shots take off balance shots do some things that 
that he won't be doing in San Antonio. So I think the first thing offensively is Pop's going to, you know, decide just, you know, what are his strengths? How deep can he shoot the ball? Is he going to shoot a lot of threes? Things like that. But it literally will be a learning process. I I think the victor that we see in February and March is going to be significantly different than the one we see in October and November. Not necessarily because he's doing things differently, because Pop and the Spurs, the, the staff, has learned about Victor and vice versa. And, you know, how does he fit in with the other young players in San Antonio? And, and I think that process will be the same with any rookie uh, that, that you get. You just never know, you know, what you can expect from a young guy, how quickly he's going to adapt to the league. The thing Victor has going for him is that he's played three years of professional basketball. He's played against men. Uh, it's different. Is it Tim Duncan coming out of Wake Forest, you know, after four years and the best player in college basketball? No, but nor is a 19-year-old college kid, uh, you know, a lot of the guys in the draft this year. He's way more advanced beyond that. He clearly needs a lot of strength. Uh, He needs more strength, let me put it that way. Uh, But again, Kevin Durant, when I saw him, I was, you know, surprised. I was lucky enough to coach him his rookie year in Seattle, and he looked so thin, and people said, well, how's he going to make it in the league? Well, obviously, he didn't have any trouble. Uh, He was rookie of the year, and he's never looked back. So um, Victor's strength is something that will come in the future. And the other thing, I talked about his shot. The other thing they talk about all the time is the shot blocking. You can't teach that. I mean, you need to have the skills, the length the athleticism that he's got, but he's got incredible timing. I mean, just just solely as a shot blocker, he could make a major contribution to the Spurs next year. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's really amazing. His height and his athleticism combined, you know, maybe we should start calling him the unicorn, which leads me well. to the trade that went down yeah. uh, that, of course, the announcement made earlier today. Um, you know me, I'm in New York. We called Christos. Perzingis, the unicorn, for quite a while here in New York. Now he's traded to Boston. Marcus Smart no longer there. He's in Memphis. We'll get into that in just a second. But I want to get your thoughts on this trade. Does this make Boston better? And if so, how? It could make them better if, A, Chris Stapps is healthy for a change. I heard Legs today talking about what a great trade it was for Boston. And he's bragging on the fact that he played 65 games last year. I mean, that, that's what Porzingis has been. He's been hurt most of his career. So A, he's got to be healthy. B, he's a stat machine. Uh, you look at him, he's almost averaged 20 points a game. He's averaged almost eight rebounds a game. He shoots 80% from the free throw line. He can shoot it from three. Uh, he blocks a couple shots a game. If he puts those numbers up on a winning team, Boston Celtics, Yeah, he's going to make a huge difference, particularly if he gives them that rim protection. You know, they had him up front with, you know, that three-headed center that they got right now. And it's, I don't want to say easier is always a bad word, but when people get ready to play Boston, they're not going to put Porzingis as the number one guy. You got to stop. I mean, before you even get to him, you got to talk about, you know, Jason and Jalen. So it's going to be really nice for him to be at best the third option on that team. So I, I think the potential for him to be really, really good for Boston is there. I don't think it's a lock. Uh, It's a lock in Memphis. Uh, They couldn't have asked for a better player. The guy that, you know, we all use the cliche, uh, Marcus was the heart and soul of the Boston Celtics. They're gonna miss that, uh, the intangibles that he brought to the table a lot because he was different than most of the guys on the Celtics. 
conversely, he fits right in with Memphis. Memphis is a team with an edge. Uh, how about, like, what are we going to do? How do we replace John Moran for 25 games? Well, how about getting one of the better point guards in the league, the defensive player of the year, guy who was in the finals two years ago and is used to playing in the playoffs every year? They, they couldn't have got a better addition to their team if you're Memphis. I mean, I, I'm a huge Marcus Smart fan. I think it's a home run for Memphis. I, I don't think it's a bad deal for Boston, but replacing those intangibles, uh, not going to be easy. And Chris Depp's better be healthy and he better bring it because, he, you know, to be a productive player on a winning team uh, is something. I mean, he played well in Dallas, but I mean, like to have a, a solid year and then go play well in the playoffs because the Boston Celtics are one of those teams that true, you know, everybody says it, but it's true in Boston. If they don't win a championship, it wasn't a good year. So the bar is going to be set pretty high uh, for Porzingis in Boston. No denying that. Uh, the Boston Celtics 23rd in shooting percentage in the paint, third best uh, by three behind the, the three point line. So obviously that helps them there. I'm with you, PJ. I, I like the trade with Marcus Smart going to Memphis uh, more so than I do KP going to Boston. And, and especially since it just seems like all the off the field issues, right? Uh, with Memphis, great to have a guy in there like Marcus Smart, a veteran, a leader, somebody who could come in and, and really help this team off the court as well as on. Agree or disagree? Totally agree, Anita. And it's interesting too because I think he's going to have some credibility with Ja that um, other players might not. If it was the choir boy going in there, going, "Hey, this is the way you got to be." Marcus has a little bit of an edge. Marcus has a little history himself. I think he's going to have tremendous credibility with Ja and and the people surrounding Ja and say, hey, "We got to listen to this guy. He he can tell us." what we need to do to become a good professional. Ja's already a good basketball player. That's not the issue. He's not a professional. He's got to be a good professional. And Marcus Smart will be, I think, an excellent teacher uh, for him in, in, in that way. And, and I think the fact that, um, you know, Marcus comes in with some rough edges himself, uh, he's going to listen to him. This isn't some, you know, pie in the sky. This is what it's like. This is a guy that's been through the wars, been in and out of some scuffles. He, you know, he's done some things himself that, that he needed to improve upon. So I think he's going to have tremendous credibility and a tremendous potential to help John Moran. It's nice to know we're on the same page, PJ. Really appreciate you joining us here on Bet. Thank you so much. Anita, great being with you. Thanks very much for having me. What a mensch. Uh, love PJ Carlissimo. So good. And, and again, nobody knows Pop in the Spurs better than, than PJ. So interesting stuff there to digest. Uh, quick break. We come back. Uh, we'll talk some more NBA and uh, and also some other news in around the NFL. I'll bring you up to speed on that. Uh, we still have uh, Eric Moody, who's going to be joining us, and we'll talk some golf. I love Denny McCarthy coming into the tournament. Sure enough, he's at the top leaderboard. Yes, Tyler, where's the horn? We got to get one for the show. Toot, toot. We'll be right back. Uh, this is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Where's my horn? <laughs> there we go. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about the Travelers. Of course, LA, uh, you crushed it 
last week. L.A. Country Club hosting the U.S. Open. Wyndham Clark, big shout out. What a great young man. What an amazing future is ahead of ahead of him uh, on the PGA Tour. Now the fellas, they jump on their private jets and they head out west. Round one of the Travelers taking place just a few miles north of me up in Connecticut and Denny McCarthy at the top of the leaderboard. Keith Stewart, uh, PGA Tour professional. I like to call him our eyes and ears on the ground is going to be joining us uh, a little bit later on the show to get us ready for uh, for round two tomorrow as well as uh, what we can expect through the weekend. We're also going to hear from Eric Moody. Uh, in the break, Tyler's a big baseball guy. Uh, you know, baseball guy. It's true. And, it's uh, true. <laughs> and so... <laughs> okay, well, come on. So, <laughs> I can't. I can't. You and I need to come up with a skit. All right. I'm so, um, and so we were talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, they are so damn hot right now. They are, they are, do you remember those? Do you guys, I'm, I'm a lot older than you. Do you remember those cinnamon candies? They were called hot red. Red, uh, red hots. Yeah. Red hots. There you go. Red hots. They're like Mike they're and red Ice, hot. but they're reds, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Like, and, and tamales. Like, and like, did you ever, like, how many could you put in your mouth at the same time? Uh, no. Did you ever do that? No. No. Okay. Did you? Yeah, I mean, what, we, what's the know, record? I don't, I don't remember. I was a kid. And oh, that, come like, on! You know, that's that's when the betting all began. How many yeah, right. hot reds, Origin red hot? Can you, can you, can you put in your mouth and not anyway? Um, how many? Remember how many licks to the end of a uh, Tootsie Pop? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, you remember that with the all with right. the owl? A one, yeah, a two, yeah. and then he eats it, right? Wow, look at you. I'm impressed. I'm a TV you, kid. You need, yeah. you, need, you need to toot your own horn. Uh, just, wait, true story. One of my, one of my producers here in, in New York, um, member, <laughs> member the commercial, Silly Rabbit Trickster for Kids. Of course. It's his voice. Same guy? Same guy. And wow. he's a producer. He's uh, uh, Jake Lapidus. He's I a producer it. for me. Here in, in New York, he's a phenomenal, just a really cool, in, in, cool guy, great guy. Love working with him. Silly rabbit tricks are for kids. That does was he ever him. just anyway? Let's he ever get, just randomly say that to you. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's get back to the Reds. The Reds—they've won eleven straight. They are red hot. But get this—you can wager right now that the that the Cincinnati Reds will win the World Series at one hundred and fifty to one. What does that mean? For every dollar you put down is $150, right? Isn't that what it means? Hold on one second. I know it's late. I just, I'm, I'm questioning myself here. Isn't it a hundred bucks? Yeah, that's what it means. That's no, what it one, means. One for every, it's 150 for every dollar you put down. It's a hundred. It's you wow. win $150. I know you said, you said, oh, world series is a stretch. Hey, I think I, it's still, I stand by what I said. You said, wow. I think that the Reds winning the World Series is a stretch, but it sounds like a good bet. Arizona Diamondbacks twenty-eight to one. Love that. I'm already playing with house money because if you if you if you recall, I told you my favorite futures bet was Arizona over seventy-four and a half wins. Thank you. See, we are we are right there. We are right there, dude. Uh, anyway, uh, before we take our next break and, and we'll go back to talking some NBA, some NFL news this week. Interesting. Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins are out there on the free agent market. They could sign with anyone. 
And Dalvin Cook came out and said, wow, how cool would it be if we were to package ourselves, me and DeAndre Hopkins? Could you imagine DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook going to the same team? So I did a little research. Here are the four teams that potentially either need, want, and can afford both of them. The Patriots. Hopkins already made a trip and had a cup of coffee with the Patriots. Uh, Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator, Hopkins would reunite with. And could you imagine Cook in the backfield with Stevenson? Ridiculous. The Jets. They were kicking the can with OBJ, so why wouldn't they kick the can with DeAndre Hopkins? And Brees Hall, their running back, is coming off of ACL surgery. So it makes sense there. Brace yourself. The Buffalo Bills. They would need some wiggle room in regard to cap space, but they could make it happen. Hopkins said he wants to play. His favorite quarterback that he would like to play with was Josh Allen, and Cook would be in the backfield with his younger brother, James Cook. So it would be Cook squared in the backfield for the Buffalo Bills. And last but not least, and this is the dark horse, and that is the Cleveland Browns and Hopkins reuniting with um with his good friend DeAndre Hopkins, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, and um and joining the backfield with Nick Chubb and Calvin Dalvin Cook, which would be ridiculous. So keep an eye; those are the four teams. It'll be sick if this happens. All right, quick break. We come back. We'll circle back to the NBA NBA draft tonight. What does it all mean? Stay tuned. Seven ten ESPN. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Welcome back to Bet LA. This is kind of our our recap of the NBA draft. And Eric Moody, one of my partners in crime at ESPN, covering all things NBA and a lot of other things uh, pertaining to gambling, joins me now. So, Eric, I, I know the NBA is very near and dear to you. That's why I wanted to have you on this evening. And so first things first, let's talk about the draft. And I, I do want to get your thoughts on, on some of the trades that happened as well. But uh, Victor Wimbanyama going number one overall to the Spurs. No surprise there. Right. But your, your thoughts on, you know, what are what, what should be our expectations? I mean, there's so much hype around this guy. Right. What should be our expectation this season when it comes to the Spurs? How many games do you think they're going to win that that type of stuff? Yeah, you know, I think back, Anita, to whenever the Spurs did draft uh, Tim Duncan, and they also had David Robinson on that team, and they made a significant uh, increase in in their win total uh, from that season before to Duncan's rookie season. So I don't expect this team to win, you know, like 60 games or anything like that, but I do think they see an increase, and I can see this team winning anywhere from 40 to 50 games. As far as uh, as Wimby, I'm like, he's in a great spot. I'm like, he's learning from – I would say arguably the greatest coach in NBA history. And he's going to learn quite a bit, and his game's going to get elevated. And considering he's coming, you know, from uh, from abroad, I'm like, he's going to be fresh by the time the season starts. So he's been constantly playing basketball, so I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. So I do believe he'll deliver on the hype. So, so again, Wimby goes first. No surprise there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you saw me on Daily Wager earlier today – I was telling people, put money down on Scoot Henderson to go second. I felt that he was 
the second best, like that's really where this draft started, right? In, in regard to anticipating where everybody was going to go. Um, the, the odds, the board was, was just fluctuating the last 24 to 48 hours. And I really thought that, um, that Charlotte was going to take Scoot Henderson. And of course they did not. They went with Brandon mm-hmm. Miller. Is that who you were expecting to go to? Were you surprised that Scoot dropped to three to go to Portland? Yeah, it was one of those scenarios, like Anita, where I could see it kind of going uh, either way. But when I look at uh, when I look at Miller, you know, he's a great prospect uh, for the Hornets, and I would say he's a slightly better fit playing alongside Lamelo Ball uh, than Scoot. I mean, he was obviously in consideration there. Uh, what I like about him is that he can score at every level, and he's got a higher floor, in my opinion, uh, you know, than, than Henderson. And so one thing about the Hornets, they could have gone for a player with a higher ceiling, but, you know, Miller's obviously no pushover. I think he has the potential to be an all-star in this league. So what was the biggest surprise to you in regard to uh, – here, here's another prop bet that I had. I had uh, Taylor Hendricks going before Anthony Black. So obviously I lost, I lost that prop bet as well. Um, so what, what was the biggest surprise to you this evening? Dude, do I have to just give you one? I've actually got three. <laughs> oh no, go please I, I, go go ahead. What what are your get, I, tell me what are your top three surprises? All right, I've got I've got three for you, Anita. The the first one, number five, uh, Detroit Pistons, Usar Thompson. My first real surprise. I'm like he he does feel a need, uh, you know, for the Pistons. They're going for upside with that pick, but he obviously has some offensive issues, in my opinion. I'm like, he could become the team's best defender in time, but really his lack of scoring might hurt this team down the road when it's ready to compete, because that's one thing about Detroit. They've been accumulating a lot of talent over the years. I would say the second surprise at number nine, Utah Jazz, Taylor Hendricks. Questionable pick for me. Uh, you know, we've, you know, they, they already have like a stretch forward in a Lori Markkinen, uh, you know, who just won the league MVP, or not MVP, excuse me, most improved player award. And, like, Hendricks doesn't seem to fit into the long-term plans for this group, especially if, if uh, Markkinen and Walker Kessler, you know, if those players, you know, they keep developing. So I'm kind of scratching my head on this one. But his resume is impressive in college. You know, one of three Division One players last season with 500 points, you know, 50 triples and 50 blocks. Great player, not the best situation. Again, kind of scratching my head there. Last but not least, we're going to talk about at number 11 uh, with the Orlando Magic and, uh, and, and Jet Howard. Kind of a bit of a reach, in my opinion, for the Magic. But Howard, you know, fits, you know, what they're trying to do. Does have some upside despite being inconsistent at Michigan last year. And I think it's that stage of the draft once you're beyond the top ten picks where things can really get, you know, interesting. I just felt like there were some safer options uh, on the board, you know, at that at that point. But uh, one thing about Jed Howard, too, um, highest drafted Michigan freshman since uh, Jamal Crawford was taken eighth overall way back in 2000 by the Cavs. So th- those are my well, surprises. What was your biggest, Eric Moody, again, joining us here on 710 ESPN. Uh, what was your biggest, um, what do you feel is the biggest steal? Who do you think was the steal of the draft? That's tough. You know, I've got multiple here. Uh, I'll give you one. If we've got time for others, I'd love to throw it out there. But um, I would say I'm, I'm going to pick on the Jazz here like a little bit. Uh, you know, I talked about uh, Taylor Hendricks. But I felt like when they were able to get at number 16, Keontae George, like I, I was sitting here watching, I was thinking that's a home run pick right there. Like he's a daring shooting guard. This is a guy that doesn't hold back. I love his, I love his aggressiveness. 
especially if he's sharing, you know, a backcourt with someone like Colin Sexton. And as George was once projected uh, leading into the draft, really to go as high, uh, like, as the middle of the lottery. So I felt like that was really, really great value. Mike, this is a player, he scored 506 points last season, second most by a freshman in Baylor history. So I was really, really excited about, uh, about that pick. Felt like they got a really good value there. Um, since we are on the airwaves here in L.A., talk about pick number 17 and who the Lakers selected there. You know what? You must be reading my mind, uh, Anita, because I, I, I did have some talking points and things I wanted to share about this player that the Lakers picked up. So you've got uh, you know, Jalen Hood, Shafino. I'm like, you got this Lakers team, right? They're, they're unlikely to bring back D'Angelo Russell at point guard. And so I'm like, this is a rookie that could have a big role right away. Uh, I love his pick-and-roll game. It's great, in my opinion. I believe he'll play very, very well with Anthony Davis. do believe he needs to be a better shooter to really shine, but just think about this situation. You know, getting the learn from LeBron James and Davis can't hurt. He fell a bit in the draft. There may, they may be some additional motivation there, but he's the first Indiana freshman with multiple 30-point games in a season since Eric Gordon back in 2007 to, to uh, 2008. Excuse me. He was also named the Big Ten Freshman of the Year as well. So I really like that pick. Uh, I'm curious to see how he gels with this Lakers team led by LeBron James. Again, Eric Moody joining us here on 710 ESPN. Before we let you go, let's get your thoughts on some of the trades that went down. And, and, and of course, two big ones, one this morning, one later on this afternoon. Let's start with the, the, the latest, and that is CP3, Chris Paul, now working his way to the Golden State Warriors and, and what this means. For, for, again, for me, if you watch me on Daily Wager earlier, I think what this does is it, they get rid of Jordan Poole, they save a ton of money, yeah. which will open mm-hmm. up the ability to re-sign Draymond Green. To me, that is the key, is, is getting Draymond Green to come back to Golden State. Just my two cents. Curious, what is, what's your thought process here with uh, Chris Paul going to the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, and no, I, I think you hit the head of the nail, uh, Anita, because I, I do agree with you with that rationale. But, uh, you know, obviously this Wizards team has been active in the offseason. You know, the Bradley Beal trade, now Chris Paul. We knew he wasn't going to stay there. He, he wants to try to win a championship. And I would say despite being 38 years old, I'm like, Paul continues to hold uh, value, you know, as a scorer, a playmaker, his defensive contributions. I know he accumulates a ton of steals. And I think the addition of Paul to this Warriors rotation provides really more catch-and-shoot opportunities that he can thrive on. So I think he's a nice complement to their offensive style. Obviously, he's going to most likely come off of the bench, but he, I, I could see him playing some minutes with Steph Curry, which I think positions Curry for, I would say, more of like a, a role where he's not having to act as a facilitator where he can attack more. So I'm curious to see what those rotations, you know, look like. Um, but I'll say as far as like with Chris Paul, I think just to bring all that together, I would say the way that he performed statistically last year, I think his numbers will be eerily similar this upcoming season uh, with Golden State. So it's a great move. I know obviously the goal is to get Draymond Green back, but also like Jordan Poole on the flip side, I think he has a huge opportunity ahead of him with the Wizards for where he's going to be able to start, fill that void uh, left by Bradley Beal, and uh, really reach his potential. So I think it's a good move for both teams. 
And last but not least, uh, Christos Porzingis, uh, he is traded. Um, he joins, of course, uh, the, uh, the, the very talented roster yeah. of the Boston Celtics. Uh, and then, of course, Marcus Smart goes to Memphis. I actually feel that Marcus Smart going to Memphis, to me, is the bigger storyline. Everybody's talking about KP going to Boston. To me, he just has not been able to stay healthy for the majority of his career. I think this past year uh, is an outlier year for him, but that's my two cents. What say you? Yeah, I think we're in lockstep tonight because I was more intrigued by Marcus Smart (laughs) kind of joining that Mm -hmm. Memphis Grizzlies team because he's a tough defender. I'm like, he's a playoff-tested veteran, or veteran, excuse me. Like, he can contribute really on both ends of the floor. And one thing about Smart, Anita, like his three-point shooting has improved, and he could even see a higher usage rate in Memphis, particularly with John Morant's absence. I know with that news, you know, that broke. And um, just to kind of bring it all together with uh, Kristaps with Porzingis, um, you know, this Boston Celtics team, you know, they add another impact player, you know, to their championship contending roster. Uh, but to your point, it could be an outlier of looking at last year because this, he does have a history of missing games and injuries. But, you know, I, I do like I, I do like the addition because he's like a strong shot blocker and he brings some other things to the table. But, but to your point earlier, I am more intrigued by Marcus Smart uh, joining the Grizzlies. Great stuff as always, Eric. Really do appreciate you every time you join us here on Bet LA. Thank you, my friend. Oh, no, you're welcome. Until next time. You got it. Eric Moody joining us. Uh, stay tuned. I, I know we've spent a lot of time uh, tonight talking about the NBA draft and, and, and how this will play out this season uh, in the NBA. Uh, but we're going to switch gears. We're going to get you ready for round two of the Travelers. Keith Stewart is going to join us next right here. Bet LA on 710 ESPN. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. It is Bet LA, that's right. And I know the majority of the show has been all about the NBA. And of course, we have to react to what happened earlier tonight with the NBA draft and all the trades happening. But we've got to spend some time talking some golf. That's right. So, of course, Keith Stewart joins us as always. Uh, and he has, of course, his own show, Read the Line. So make sure you check out everything that Keith has going on. And I like to call him our eyes and ears on the ground because he travels around the country. And right now he is at the Travelers. That is the tournament that is happening right now. And we're heading into round two early tomorrow morning. Keith, welcome in. Anita, it's fantastic to be with you and the fans. And uh, good luck to San Antonio. You know, the draft is a big deal. And... Uh kind of cool yeah they got Wimby you know that's uh those ping pong balls those uh those NBA golf uh, NBA gods uh once again smiling down on the Spurs <laughs> really really unbelievable but um but yeah we've been talking about it all show long let's let's turn our attention to the PGA Tour let's look back before we look forward and, uh, of course, we had you on last week. Amazing. The L.A. Country Club, the U.S. Open, and Wyndham Clark uh, winning 10 under, shot a 70 on, on Friday. Of course, the big deal was 
His lowest round was on Thursday, shot a 64 to keep him in contention. Rory finished second, so he couldn't get the job done. So now it's uh, it's <laughs> potentially, if he doesn't win the Open uh, in July, it'll be a 10-year drought for him. Uh, since he lost, he, since he won his loss, his his last major, Scotty Scheffler came in third at seven under. Cam Smith at six under. Ricky Fowler, who of course I was rooting for, uh, was uh, was five under, tied for fifth. So I mean, really a, a star-studded leaderboard. But you were there. You saw Wyndham Clark. You saw how the L.A. Country Club uh, put up a challenge, especially on Saturday and Sunday. Your thoughts on the U.S. Open? You know, I thought the golf tournament itself was just extraordinary, Anita. Um, Wyndham Clark, a worthy champion, uh, and it looks like uh, he's, he's growing up into a superstar here. You know, two wins in four weeks or four starts for him. Uh, Wells Fargo, designated event, Quail Hollow, big venue, big win, and then an even bigger win at a place uh, in Hollywood. So uh, I don't know if anyone could write this script, and I'm sure that everyone wanted Rory and Ricky, but at the end of the day, Wyndham Clark with that up and down on 11 or that bomb three wood into 14 and make birdie on the par five late. Uh, just super, super impressive. Uh, almost as impressive as LACC as a venue, in my opinion. Um, so Wyndham Clark, again, having a phenomenal season. And, uh, you know, as, as we're kind of towards the end of the season, we kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, and being able to win a major is, is just really, really phenomenal. So let's turn our attention to what's going on this week. And now uh, the PGA Tour players, they head back east, a uh, little, little further north than me in Connecticut, playing the Travelers, which, by the way, just really quick, I, I feel like this season really stinks, but maybe that's because we've been so spoiled here on the East Coast. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like Liberty and... You know, Edgewood and uh, like so many uh, Straw, which hosting the women this week, by the way. But I just feel like each and every golf season, there's at least two or three tournaments that are in our tri-state area. And this year, it's pretty like none. Uh, The closest is this one, the Travelers in Connecticut. So it's been it's it's pretty, pretty disappointing on 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 that front. Well, the last time they came to New York was the Northern Trust at Liberty National a couple of years yep. ago, Anita, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And um, since that time, jeez, uh, man, well, we had Rochester this year. We've had Hartford. And then the next closest one is either Detroit or North Carolina. So um, it's, uh, it's kind of brutal. I agree with you. Um, I'm a New Jersey guy, and uh, I love it when we've got great golf in the tri-state area. Uh, thankfully, the LPGA stepped up and played in the Garden State a couple times, but but overall, the PGA Tour has got to figure this out because, you know, a Ryder Cup at Beth Page isn't going to satiate that New York golf crowd. I mean, we've got, we've got to get an event down there in, in the New York City area, and we've got to get it done soon. Yeah, your mouth to the golf gods' ears, that's for sure. All right, so as we know, like I said, they are at the Travelers in Connecticut. Um, and, uh, and right now at the top leaderboard is Denny McCarthy and what a round he had today. Shot a 60, 10 under, almost a 59. If he would have eagled 18, it was so, so close. Uh, but yet so far. Uh, Datagoff gives him a 17% chance of winning this bad boy. He's first in strokes gained total, first in tee to green, third on approach, seventh in putting. Again, you're there, eyes and ears on the ground. I know you spent some time following him around today. How impressive was that round? Uh, 10 birdies and a clean card. 
he starts off like a, like a house of fire. He birdies. He starts on the back nine. He birdies the first four holes, 10, 11, 12, 13, birdies 15, makes the turn, and he goes birdie one, two, three. And at that point, now he's got to make three birdies and six holes in order to break 60. And uh, all the cameras start showing up because it was him, Patton Kazire, and um, – Oh, golly. Robbie Shelton was his third, and nobody was around watching this thing take place, and I was walking with him. And next thing you know, all the cameras start showing up and everything, and you got to know something's happening. And he held it together. Uh, on eight, you know, which would have been his 17th hole of the day, he was like just a rotation short of making birdie. And then on, on nine, his 18th hole of the day, I was standing there right next to the green, and he almost holed it out for a 59, you know, the 50 people that were still standing there watching him were just, we were all like basically almost on the ground, just like losing. It was, uh, you know, even he had a great reaction and uh, he hit it to about three feet. He knocked it in. He shot 60. And uh, I tell you, uh, well, the reason I was with him is because I was betting him. And uh, boy, was I happy to see him shoot 10 under and have a two stroke lead. (laughs) Yeah. So, and, and, and kudos to both of us because we're both playing with house money right now. Um, if you saw me on Daily Wager earlier this week on Wednesday, I had Denny McCarthy winning this. I, I went all ways with him. Win top five, top 10, and top 20 as well. Some other guys that I like this week, Russell Henley. I played him top five, top 10, top 20. Tommy Fleetwood as well. Max Homa, Eric Cole, who's towards the top of the leaderboard. He's tied for fifth right now at six under. And Adam Shank. So, um, so those are the, the guys that I played um, big reason why I liked, I, I liked Denny, uh, was, was because of his putting. And again, like I said, you know, it's really interesting. He's top leaderboard, but seventh in putting after today. So his putter is, is in, and he's fourth on tour total. So obviously if, if his putter starts, you know, performing the way that it has pretty much all season long, wow. Uh, watch out everybody else in this field, right? Well, last week was a par 70 U.S. Open, um, but and this week is a par 70. And not all par 70s are created the same. Last week we had five par 3s. We had less par 4s. We have 12 par 4s this week. Denny McCarthy is a killer in par 4 scoring, and especially in that range from 400 to 450 yards. He's top five in the field in both. And as a result, that's why I'm sure you were on him and I was on him, because you're going to play – 48 out of 72 holes are going to be par fours and he scores on them because he has a great approach game and he converts with the putter and you're going to need, I mean, in the last five years, the average winning scorer of this thing is 17 under par. You're going to need 20 birdies this week. Well, Denny's already halfway there. So it might even be more because this is a a more elite field than we've ever seen travelers because it's now a $20 million designated event. Um, 603 birdies today by the field and 91 guys under par. Uh, out of 156. I mean, it was just a barrage. It was a beautiful day there at Travelers. Uh, Adam Scott, Scotty Scheffler, top of the board. I mean, it's just, I mean, this thing is stacked week after week after week. And uh, I tell you, Eric Cole was great, 64 out of him. Um, one guy I like heading in uh, to the weekend, uh, I'm going to throw a little top 20 on starting tomorrow, is Kevin Streelman. I spoke to him after the round, Anita, and he seems very comfortable with where he is in his life and in his game, and he loves this place. So uh, at plus 190 on DraftKings, a little top 20 there for your listeners. So just to give you um, some uh, what, what the odds makers are feeling right now, even though Denny McCarthy's at the top leaderboard, he's got a two-stroke lead heading into round two, odds makers still don't have him favored 
Nope, nope, nope. It is Scotty Scheffler at plus 250, who is seven under, so he's three shots back. But here's the thing. He's second in approach, but his putter is still... His, his putter, he's, he's still struggling with the putter. Uh, but it just seems like each and every tournament he plays in, it doesn't matter how bad the putter is behaving, um, he still finishes in the top three and top five. Datagoff gives him a 27% chance of winning. Datagoff gives Denny a 17% chance of winning. Keegan Bradley is up there as well. First in strokes gained on approach. Of course, he missed the cut at the U.S. Open, so comes in fresh, ready to go. Um, you've got Adam Scott out, up there. You've got Cantley just a few shots back. You can bet him at nine to one. Uh, Datagoff gives him a 9% chance of winning. So uh, any, any of the other guys at the top leaderboard that you're eyeing outside of uh, Streelman? Oh, Cantley for sure. I, I walked with him this morning and saw him, and uh, they both were really impressive, but uh, Cantley was surgical. He was. He could have definitely shot lower than he did. You know, you can't make every putt. Scotty's proof of that. But I tell you, Patrick was impressive. And I think at the top of the board, if you're not talking about Scotty and you're not talking about Patrick Cantley, I mean, no offense to Denny. He was extraordinary today. But very rarely do people go that low and then come back with another low one. And Patrick sitting there at five under, um, just he looks like he's he, – I mean, he, nothing phased him today. He was fantastic. And uh, he loves this golf course. He once shot 60 here uh, straight out of UCLA. So – um, I feel good about I feel good about where Patrick Cantley's going there, and uh, obviously Scotty. So, I mean, you just top five Scotty every week. I mean, it, it's it, it's crazy. It, it's unbelievable how good that guy is playing. Um, I am a huge. As much as you love Ricky, you know I love Tiger Anita, and Scotty is doing things that even Tiger didn't do, and it's it's pretty it's it's pretty unbelievable. And he just had a birthday, by the way. He turned 27 yesterday. So just think of all the amazing golf we have in store to watch for Scotty Scheffler. That's for sure. Hey, before we let you go, I know it's a few weeks away, but let's talk about the British Open, a.k.a. the Open. Uh, comes your way on, on July 20th. Um, you know, you've got John Rahm, who was favored. Scotty Scheffler's up there. Rory, of course, no surprise, the big three. I like Hatton coming in. I like Hatton's numbers, of course. Um, you know, he's from England. He's played these these Lynx-style courses before, the weather, the wind, all the things that we can anticipate. Again, I know it's a few weeks away, but is there somebody that you're already going to the window for in, in regard to the Open? Hey, when it comes to futures, I, I just love playing the board all the time. And I was talking about Bryson before we went into the U.S. Open. He had another strong major there out at LACC. His number still sits at about 50. Um, I, I think it's I think it's worth, you know, a couple quid there. Um, there's a guy that's sitting next to him that people have talked about in every single major. I know you and I have talked about him. Justin Rose is sitting there at plus 4,000 or 40 to 1. But how about your boy Ricky Fowler at 35 to 1? What if, what if Ricky sneaks in Detroit and he wins? You know, next thing you know, that number is going to get cut. So if you're playing the futures board, I like those guys right in that mid-range there. And there's another guy who played very, very well today. He's outside the top 70 on the FedEx Cup, and that's Adam Scott. We talked about it in the press room the other day. I was sitting there. He's sitting at 65-1. to 1. And I always think back to 2012 when Ernie Els took that at uh, Royal Lytham, when he took that Open Championship away from him. Remember when Adam bogeyed the last four holes coming in and he lost to Els? Uh, you know, Scotty, I think, still got one more big tournament in him. And with Steve Williams on the bag – and at 65 to 1, 
hey, what if Scotty wins this week? The next thing you know, that number is going to get cut. So uh, when, I'm, when you're playing the futures, Anita, there's a couple for you that I think that your listeners ought to pay attention to. I like it. I like it. Keith Stewart joining us as he does pretty much each and every week. Uh, you can see him all over and, uh, and of course, uh, read the line. Where can people tune into, watch, see, digest, read the line, Keith? Just tell them to go to readtheline.com. All the content that I produce, that, that's the media hub right there. You can find everything that, uh, that I'm talking about. Uh, and uh, maybe they'll even find you, Anita. So that's the place to go, <laughs> readtheline.com. Fantastic. Great stuff. And, and so appreciate you joining us uh, here on, on Bet LA. Thank you. Again, Keith Stewart joining us here on Bet LA. That about sums up our show. Uh, what an exciting week this is going to be, uh, especially on tour uh, with the Travelers. Already off to a great start with an exciting leaderboard, and it looks like these guys are going to go low. I want to thank Andre Snellings, Eric Moody, and of course, um, the cast of characters who joined me on Bet that we were able to to play those segments for you, Bobby Marks, PJ Carlissimo, and many more. I want to thank our producers as well, Tyler and Rebecca, who always do a phenomenal job. There's a lot of moving parts here with this show, and and, and they really bring it together. So everybody, thank you so much. Uh, hopefully, we've got you locked and loaded following the NBA draft. Uh, and I'm back, I'm back on with you on Sunday morning, getting you ready for the final round of the Travelers. I'll see you then right here on 710 ESPN.